Hi, everybody. My name is Kara McCarran, and I'm the host of She's the Owner podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be featuring female founders who are at any part of their entrepreneurial journey. We will ask them the same 10 questions and see where the conversation takes us. Let's get started. So welcome to the She's the Owner podcast. My name is Kara McCarran, and I have with me... Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to say this before or not, but I'm going to, but she's my stepdaughter and she's my first guest and I'm so pumped to have her because it feels a lot safer to have somebody who's my family member on the first (laughs) one than anything else. So, um, first time ever doing this. So if I, you know, if there's anything that doesn't sound right or doesn't flow, um, too bad because it's the first one. So hope you like it. Um, so basically I'm just going to go through a couple of, well, 10 questions that I'm always going to ask each guest that I have on. And it's going to be around business and feminine and masculine energy and what that means to the to the female entrepreneur, because that's who we are targeting and who we want to talk to, because I am one and I can relate. So, um, Amanda, hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Excited. (laughs) So I'm just going to ask you the same 10 questions that I'm going to ask everybody, and then we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. Sounds good. Um, So you are the owner of the Clean Peeps cleaning company. So that's. Amazing. So tell me about the, t- obviously we just said the name, but tell me why you named it that and uh, and just kind of like how long you've had it and where you're at with business and then we'll go to the next question. Okay. Um, well, I chose the Clean Peeps. I, I First I brainstormed like a bunch of names and the Clean Peeps just kind of stood out to me because it's fun and fresh and um, I'm fun and fresh. Like I just, I kind of wanted to be indicative with how I was going to run the business, which was going to be more like a fun setting. And yep. it's just, it's catchy. It is catchy. I yeah. love it. I think it looks good. And the logo's wicked. And I, I love everything about it. So what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> it's funny because when I thought about this, I had an answer. But then I didn't really have an answer because there was probably, there we go. I think she's pushing the mic closer to my mouth. Um, <laughs> I think I wanted to be everything. Like I, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a clown. I wanted to be <laughs> working a daycare. I wanted to be a firefighter. Uh, I think I never really had one thing, which is probably congruent with being an entrepreneur because yeah. you're always on the, you know, this seems nice. This seems nice. Um, so yeah, I kind of wanted to be everything. So when did you, and this is, this is one of those funny, funny questions because when I was younger in my twenties, I used to think there was a million things wrong with me because I was like that. I was jumping around from job to job. I didn't, couldn't figure out, you know, if I wanted to go to university, if I wanted to do this, that, and the other. And I, 20 years ago, I'm 43 now, but 20 years ago, being an entrepreneur wasn't cool. That's what you did when you, you fucked up and you couldn't do anything else. Like, oh, you're starting a business. That's because you can't go to university. You can't do anything else. So for me at that, when I was that age, I didn't think about entrepreneurship as an option that I was, was a good thing. Now it's completely different. It's trendy. It's, it's a, it's more of a cool thing. Um, but so for me, I probably somehow subconsciously realized in that time frame that I was an entrepreneur, but wouldn't admit it. When do you think that you kind of were like, oh, maybe this entrepreneur thing is for me and maybe this is something that I, or is it, was it just hit you in the face one day and all of a sudden you're like, I'm an entrepreneur or did you know on some level or tell me a bit about that? Um, well, I mean, you have some backstory, right? Cause we had millions of conversations about this before I actually went into business for myself. Um, but I would have to say when I worked for my last job, 
which was a corporation in the fitness industry. And I was there for six years. And it was um, just over time, I just started to notice, like you can, you know, I'd kind of walk in and I could see like, I mean, the structure is great, everything's great, but you, you see holes and you see things where you would, you would say, oh, I would do this differently or I would do this differently. And then I just eventually started to feel so constricted. Um, and then, I don't know, I, I would say it was then. It was probably, I've been in business for a year and then I kind of floated for two years before that. So I'd say three years ago, near the end of my, my job at said corporation. <laughs> the place we won't name. The place we won't name. Were you... And I do, I mean, I, I was there with you through this journey, so I do kind of know the answers about it, but just so that everybody else hears. How did you feel like in that moment when you were making a decision between jumping out of a corporate or, you know, I always say J-O-B, just over broke, mm-hmm. um, when you realized it's time that I need to like pull away from getting a paycheck from somebody else and started creating my own paycheck. Like, I know for me, there was a lot of, fear around it for sure but I just got to a point where it was like almost like somebody was pushing me off of a cliff like I had no option I had to jump or or die Mm -hmm. how did you feel when you were like sort of finally ready and here's the moment where you're like I'm done I'm quitting I'm gonna go start my own thing what was that what'd that feel like um well there there were a couple moments um for me it was more integrity based because I was like I had clients that I was, you know, that needed my full attention and it was getting to a point where they, like, they didn't really have it. Like I was already mentally out. Mm. So in my heart, it was integrity based, but I mean, well, you know the story, right? Like I quit and then I freaked out yep. and then I went back and asked for my job back. Yep. Um, and then I had my first, <laughs> I had my first day and I didn't even make it the first day and I just yeah. quit. I just left. I walked out. Right. Um, which I was really happy she did, by the way, it just was so that. that everyone's aware. <laughs> yeah, but it, so I guess that w- that was where the sinking feeling was, right? Because I, I left and I thought, this is great. I've got lots of support, et cetera, et cetera. But then fear creeped in and, uh, you know, probably a lot of hormones, too, at that time yep. uh, of the month. And I, I just said, So no. I just want to jump in there for one quick second and just remind the women that we can, it's downplayed all the time through from the first minute you get your period to menopause it's it let people guys make jokes about it but it is a real thing and if if you're a woman in business you'll understand that there's certain times of the month where you feel more in your feminine energy there's certain times you feel more in your masculine energy and that's part of what all this whole podcast is about is recognizing that but it's a real thing and I don't want women to discredit it because literally for me a week before I don't make any big decisions anymore and I was taught that by someone else who was a man who reminded me like this week is probably not the week you should be doing anything drastic in your business drastic in your life or whatever and we can say oh just get over it it's no big until you've experienced it you have zero idea what you're talking about in terms of how different you can feel through those parts of the month so I just Mm -hmm. wanted to acknowledge that that it's a real thing and it's not just in our heads and it's not it's a physical biological thing that happens that totally fucks with you and can make you do things in your business that you may not have done at a different week and different time in your cycle. Okay. Carry on. You're exactly right. Thank yes. You. <laughs> Cause that, that was, so then the, the going back and then the feeling this visceral, like 
this is gross. Mm. Like I didn't have it. I, I would say it was gross. What am yep. I doing here? This is gross. And at that moment, I was like, it doesn't matter what I have to go through to get to the other side. I'm just, I'm just willing to do it because this feeling is not a feeling that I want to have. Yep. And I will do fight tooth and nail and go through whatever I have to to not feel this way anymore. And that's when I just walked out. And then here you here are. Here I am. <laughs> So what's the scariest thing about starting a company? Um, now, you you had a couple of little iterations of a business, and then now Clean Peeps is really the thing that woke you up and that you're really going crazy with. So talk about it in terms of the Clean Peeps, not the other stuff that you did before that. But what's the, what was the scariest thing about starting it and launching it in this actual... And I always correct her when she says, I have a business. I always ask her to say she has a company because there's more weight to that. And we, we internally take it more seriously if we say company versus business. Lots of people have businesses, not a ton of people have companies. And so when you started this company, what was the scariest thing or one of? Um, well, if I'm being honest, the type of person that I am or uh, I got to pick my. I gotta be careful here with how I use my language because I'm not. There was a lot of fear around committing to one thing, so that was it. Like having, and this is where like where you go into personal growth and you're all, you're you're always trying to discover more about yourself and why you make the decisions that you make, but. Um, I, that's a that's tough to say. Like there's there's so much around it, but fear of committing, fear of I don't even want to say failure because failure it just is necessary. But maybe fear of success too. Uh, I think about thinking about things mm-hmm. like I, my brain's constantly going. So I mean, really, there's there's a thousand scenarios that I played out in my head, but. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, that's hard I know, to there, answer. There is actually. a lot. There is a lot of things that you can, because there's, there's nothing to fear. Right. But then there can be everything. It, yeah. It really depends on your perspective and where you're standing. Right. Because I could be here and then I move over here, you know, two millimeter shift. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, actually, that doesn't, that was nothing. Right. Now I'm focused on this. Right. Yeah. No, I get helpful. that. Um, I think when I, we were, t- I was actually talking about this this morning and trying to decide what makes a high achiever versus somebody who is claiming to be one. And for me personally, I have a intense fear of regret. So that's the thing that pushes me to do it all the time. Um, I don't, it doesn't push me every time, but it pushes me most of the time. When Mm -hmm. I think about 40, 50 years from now, if I'm sitting there talking about, right. If I'm sitting there talking about what I could have done when I was in my forties with my company or this podcast like oh I could do this podcast in 20 like thinking of it in that way I physically have a reaction it's visceral and that's to me the scariest thing about starting my company and this is the second company that I've started is not starting it Mm -hmm. and thinking holy shit I could have done that and I didn't and that so the fear for me it's like a FOMO almost feeling right like of your own life yeah on your own right yes that's a amazing way to put it um but starting a business it's you could live in the minutiae of of all the shit that's going to go wrong forever or you just do it and every like i say marie forleo always says 
everything is figure outable and it is mm-hmm. like most things are figure outable that's not like, your saying <clears throat> no i quoted you on instagram oh did you i love it i'll, I'll take it <laughs> sorry marie um okay so what has been the greatest lesson so far when it comes to being an entrepreneur lesson about yours i mean there's many i'm sure mm-hmm. but what's kind of the top thing that comes to mind right now so far you have to be flexible mm. in your approach to everything Right. Because, and, and like we talk, like when we go to Tony Robbins and he talks about being, and I'm paraphrasing, but like firm in the outcome, but flexible in the approach. Right. And it's exactly, exactly true in absolutely everything I do. Um, like I, I have three staff members, like the business is growing and every single day I have a plan. Every single minute I have a plan, but you know, sometimes I'll get a phone call or like this person's not home or we have a problem with this. And, right. and I'm constantly having to change my approach to the outcome of the, the hour sometimes not just the business plan. Yep. So being flexible, like you, you cannot be glued to one ideal because it's always going to be changing. But if you have, like, I've got a, like a list of core values and I have like a, you know, a, a mission statement and what I'm about, when you know that, then you can always, you always end up circling back to it anyway, Right. but definitely being flexible. Yeah. No, that's, that is a hundred percent. And if, you, and that's the, that becomes the problem if you get too glued to how you're going to get there. Um, and shit goes wrong, it's, you want, you'll unravel mm-hmm. and then everything is a mess and you can't figure you, anything out. Well, you can unravel cause you're the leader. <clears throat> right. Yeah. You're the reason for the mixing up. So, uh, you know, part of she's the owner is, um, Amanda just mentioned Tony Robbins. So the whole reason this whole podcast and this whole new business of that I've just started came up was out of the passion for what Tony Robbins teaches in terms of leading with your heart and understanding masculine and feminine energy that we have both have all of them, or we all have both of them. Sorry. So one of the things that I've noticed over time is that as a business owner, uh, a female business owner, I've definitely led more with my masculine energy side, which is like risk taking, being more aggressive, being more assertive, just all the, the stuff that we have to be to get business done when you're in, you know, contract talks or you're in sales mode, those are, you're more in your masculine side, you're more testosterone, all that kind of stuff. And so as a woman, the problem with that is that we sort of negate the feminine energies. And so the seven pillars that I focus on through, through this company are uh, empathy, thoughtfulness, patience, intuition, vulnerability, sensuality, and nurturing. So anytime you're not in those traits or at least you're honoring them at some point in the day it it doesn't feel balanced to me anyway what is what is feminine and masculine energy mean to you in terms of as an entrepreneur for one well I think like you definitely talked about like action taking and in terms of masculine energy the action taking the being um not necessarily aggressive but assertive uh and then in in the feminine, and we talk a lot about this more since you opened the business, the company, huh, caught myself. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, like I, I associate a lot of femininity with com- compassion and empathy for sure. Yep. I mean, they're very s- similar, but different. Um, like when I meet with, with potential clients or my clients, I'm always operating from a, like a, a place of compassion. And to me, that's, that's feminine energy. Because we're we're better able, I think, to listen to the needs of others when we're coming from that place, rather than I'm here to do a job. I'm here, and and again, like we need both energies, but totally. And I'm not I'm not negating masculine energy; it's very necessary. But like, 
I'm here to do a job. I'm here to get the, what do I need to get from you? What do I need to give you? Okay, bye. And it's more of a transaction rather than an experience. And a relationship. And a relationship. Yeah. Yep. That's really fair. And I think that's the thing. It's not, this isn't about, you know, being negative about the masculine side of things. We have to have them because that it is part of it. But I think for me personally, you know, I was in a 20 year marriage that ended and there's definitely times when I look at that and I think if I had brought my feminine energy more into that marriage, could things have been different or it could have, you know, a lot of you question a lot of it. But if we're being really honest, women want to feel like women and men want to feel like men. And when we bleed those energies too much to one side or the other, there's an imbalance. And it's not about women can't do things because obviously we can do anything. It's about how do I feel? I feel beautiful and happy when I'm being more empathetic to a person than if I'm just there to, like you're saying, like get the job done and like, you know, do all that kind of masculine stuff. Because it's not even about a perception of what people think of me, it's about how I'm feeling and I'm feeling better Mm -hmm. in certain times of my life or day when I'm in my feminine energy. And for me, I needed to have it called out to really recognize that I was even doing it. And any female entrepreneur that I've talked to in the last three months, solid. Every time I say, as a business owner, a founder, a company, founder, CEO, whatever, do you feel like you're too far in your masculine? And a hundred percent of them said yes. And we think that's the only way. And you feel like if you're going to balance it, that you're going to lose some power, you're going to lose a sh- And it's just not it. Like, I think we're more powerful when we're more balanced because mm-hmm. you going into a client's house in your feminine energy is way more powerful than if you go in with your masculine energy. You might need that masculine side to direct the team, you know, close a big deal with a commercial client or whatever. But if you're talking to, you know, a Judy or a whatever, you have to be more in your feminine, I think, mm-hmm. to get the, that accomplished. So I love that. Okay. So do you ever feel like you're too far in your masculine energy? <laughs> and if so, uh, give me some examples. Yes. <clears throat> yes, there are times I'm definitely more in touch. So this is strictly in business or in general? In general. In, in general. Mm-hmm. I do sometimes, and this is a, probably a hot topic that we won't be able to get into, but it's been on my mind. Sometimes I do catch myself force like I force myself into my masculine energy when I'm negotiating or talking to male clients and and again it's not a conceited thing but I'm all I'm very hyper aware sometimes of of my sexuality mm-hmm. and am I going to get hit on yep. and and again like because it's happened and it happens for women on on a daily in any setting but in business you know there's always this toss up between I want to be authentic and I want to be you know, in my feminine energy, but I also want to be taken seriously. And, and sometimes, you know, a person can take that the wrong way. And then you're, you're putting yourself in a situation, um, that's putting you in a, in a tough spot. Yeah. 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 It's, um, so yeah. So sometimes I catch myself if I'm getting a certain vibe from a, from a male, I will I will put my masculine energy to the forefront in a way to say back off back off yep totally because it's happened before where I've gotten comments and whatever the case is and I'm thinking we are having a business transaction like this yep. is not the time to be like I'm <laughs> this is not the time to be doing this right. so I have to now meet you with my masculine energy because this is not okay right so mostly those interactions um but lately I have been trying to be more, mm, I've been more aware of my feminine. She would owe the jar $2 <laughs> trying. that I have to pay. 
when I say the word try or trying, my coach makes me pay $2 to a jar. So Amanda would have I to would just have throw to two bucks in just now. Right. Um, <clears throat> I'm more aware though, but that would be the main. That's a, that's interesting that you bring that up though, because we've all felt, I think on some level, and again, this is not like a bashing guys kind of podcast because I love men. They're amazing. Yeah, me too. They're wonderful. Um, but definitely in those situations, I've been in a situation where I've been out for dinner. I've been out, I've had, Amanda's looking at me funny because I've had more than one of these happen, but there's ownership there, right? It's not like it's just the dude's fault for acting like an idiot. It's, there's ownership on me too. But I, I was out for dinner once with a potential um, advisor actually. And he was, made some comments about how, effing hot he thought it was that I was in charge of myself and I said and I didn't say this to him and I should have and that's part of the problem is like would you say that to another guy <laughs> probably not mm -hmm. and that's sort of the barometer I think like if you wouldn't say those comments to a man don't say them to me there is that that balance again between masculine if, if I'm being feminine and I'm being compassionate or empathetic and I'm patient and nurturing to the person I'm talking to it sometimes can be taken out mm -hmm. of context and then think oh that's an opening that's a door opening there I can act like one way or another so and that's part of the thing is that we if we're staying in our if we're as business owners we have to be in more in our masculine and that's you're just sort of proving the whole point it's like that's how we have to meet you in the business world but we don't have to be that way all the time no. because being that way all the time is exhausting and mm -hmm. it feels terrible. And, it, and it's all the stuff that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So what do you, this is a bit of a, a different question, but part of, of this podcast again is to talk about masculine and feminine energy as female business owners. But through this company, I want to send people to the Tony Robbins event. Mm -hmm. um, a thousand women in the next 24 months is the goal to the UPW, which is unleash the power within event I've been to it four times, twice as a volunteer and twice as an attendee. Amanda's gone as well. Um, two of my other daughters have gone as well. And I've taken a few people. So that's sort of what, how this question relates is, so what do you think about personal development and why? And I mean, I know what you think, but for the <laughs> listeners, I want to hear your version of it. Um, how has it changed you? All that kind of stuff. Well, if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm. And Mic drop. <laughs> See you later, guys. That's, that was great. I mean, really, though. And I think it all relates back to fear. People get hung up on their story and their idea of who they are. Who am I going to be to the people around me, the people that love me, the people I love? Who am I going to be in my job? Who am I going to be in this, that, and the other thing? Um, so they stay glued to their story of who they think they are. And they hold back from growth. And I, I say that because I know because I've done that. Um, so yeah, personal development, I mean, that's an understatement, those words on their own. Mm -hmm. Like it's, for me, it's more of a, um, like a soul journey. Right. <laughs> it's very deep, very deep. <laughs> um, it's like, I believe that we all have all, like we all have karmic lessons that we're here to learn. And when we don't seek out personal development, where we're stopping our souls from having that full experience as a human being. And I'm, I'm getting off topic, but I feel like we are a soul having a human experience, not mm -hmm. not a human having like a soulful or spiritual experience. So, yeah, it's it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. And I love every minute of it, even the parts that I hate. <laughs> but like, well, yesterday, like I'll be I'll be honest, I'm going through some some stuff right now, you know, I, inquiring on some feelings and some thoughts that are very deep. And like I just sat in my office and cried for 30 minutes. Like I right. sobbed my guts out on the floor. You have to 
You cannot block that energy. I mean, you can, but it's going to manifest in other ways. It's going to manifest in sickness. It's going to mm -hmm. manifest in you yelling at your kids. It's going to manifest in your hair falling out or you overeating or you getting an addiction or whatever the case is. If you don't let that energy flow, and part of that letting that energy flow is growing mm -hmm. and learning how to. So what I would say real quick, I just if you're not sure how to grow, like seek out a teacher and like the universe will put those teachers in front of you. So if you're out there and you're thinking, I'd really love to, but I don't have anyone that I can reach out to, like put the intention out there firstly, and then open your eyes. Like once you're aware, you there's no excuses anymore, right? Yeah. So once you bring the awareness to the forefront of your mind to say, I want to grow and I want to be better, the, the, the universe will say, here's a teacher. Yep. And you just have to be really looking to, to, to be able to catch it. Well, the thing about that is that if you're not looking it will keep putting that lesson in front of you <laughs> over ways. and yes. over and over mm -hmm. and over again. And that happens to me often where I'll start to notice there's a pattern <laughs> of some lesson that I'm not getting. Mm -hmm. And I think it's magic when you stop and you kind of go, holy shit. Okay. I get it. I see it. Okay. <laughs> you can stop now. <laughs> you can, that's enough. <laughs> I get it. But like people who get sick mm -hmm. a lot, that's a clear message to you, mm -hmm. right? That's a clear message that you're not letting that energy out. You're not growing. You're trying to stay stagnant. And then all of a sudden they'll get one sickness and another sickness and another, and they're, they're not getting the lesson. Mm -hmm. And that's why they keep getting sick or they keep having the same kind of boyfriend or they keep having the same kind of business blow up in their face. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think personal development, you know, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about Tony Robbins in particular, mostly beautiful things, mm -hmm. but there's the naysayers who say it's like a cult and, you know, we're all brainwashed and blah, blah, blah. And my view on it is he's one of many teachers. I have a lot of people that I listen to. I hire coaches. I'm working with a new coach again. She's incredible. She's going to be on the show at some point, but personal development is not, you're not getting anywhere. It's always happening. You know, people say, well, when I get to this many hours mm. of personal development, I'm going to be perfect. And it's complete horseshit. Like I, there's days in a week I'm wake up and I think, fuck, really? Like, am I really here having the same stupid conversation in my mind again? Really? Mm. And yeah, you're always, it's always fluid. It's never, there's never an end goal on mm. personal development. But like you're saying, you know, once you wake up, you cannot go back to sleep. I know. No. And it's like that with food. Like once I learned about organic food and the stuff that they put in food, I, I can't go and eat and I can't fill my cupboards in my fridge with processed food anymore because I'm, I know too much. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm too aware of it. And it's the same with personal development. Like there's definitely times when I'm, even when I'm crewing at an event, I'm like, sometimes I just wish I never even began this journey because <laughs> I can't get away with the same bullshit thoughts and bullshit limiting beliefs that I did 20 years ago because now I'm hyper aware of it. And that's that uncomfortable feeling you're talking about. And sometimes mm -hmm. I hate it. And even when I'm pushing other people and they're hating it, I get it. But when you come onto the other side of it, it's magic and you're mm -hmm. free and you don't, you're not, you know, tied down by anything I, I find, but yeah. So I, I love that. Um, now you don't have kids yet. I say oh, here yet. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Some one of these girls better mm -hmm. give me grandbabies. Well, that's you got four, I do so have four. So that, the odds relax. are good. <laughs> so, do you think you have to choose between your company and being a founder and having a family someday? Do you think that that's a choice that now 
men don't get asked this question. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm asking it because a, I want to bring the attention to the fact that men don't really get asked this question, but just what are your thoughts on it? I think absolutely not. You don't have to choose between either at all. I think mm-hmm. you can have it all and you need to delegate and have help to do it. But certainly I don't think it's one or the other, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, <laughs> I think when you are aware, <laughs> when you have awareness, mm-hmm. n- no, if you don't have awareness, then yes. Right. Because and what do you mean by awareness? Like societal it, expectations? Well, it ties back into personal growth and, and being being aware of situations and when when it's time to make a concession and when it's time to put your foot down and say, no, I'm not making this concession. You know, like you, we watch it in, in Hollywood movies where, and it is usually a male, a male um, starring role, but sometimes it's a woman, right? They, they own a business and they're doing this and there's so much and the kids are at home. They're like, I just want to see him dad and mm. coming home kind of stuff, right? Yeah. But it's like, but if you have awareness and you know what's important to you because everything's important. So everything should be a priority. It's just a matter of at what time it becomes a priority, right? right. It's we're, we're juggling. It's it, juggling may not be the greatest word, but like you've got a plate of food and you have all of your, all of your favorite foods, everything that's on that, on that plate are all the things that you want to consume. Let's say in a day, you're eventually going to consume all of those things. Just a matter of when. So right. when you have awareness, you know, you know what? I haven't, I keep telling my daughter that I'm going to take her to the park three times. I've said that and I have it like, okay, no, I'm taking her to the park. Right. And you know, it, it just, it just flows. If that helps. Yep. No, I get it. Um, well, just so you guys know right now, my 10 year old is here with us, um, uh, reading her book <laughs> quietly in the corner, but that's it. Like this'll be, you know, a, a, an hour or two of work, but then we get to hang out. And I think all my kids have basically been raised in some form of me being an entrepreneur or not, but, Amelia for sure and you just incorporate them into some of this stuff like I have one of my best friends Shauna Arnett um, from Haste and Hustle she she often tries to bring her son Noah in into her events and and doing some of the stuff that she does and travels and whatever and I think the business community is really forgiving for parents bringing kids into it nowadays it wasn't always like that but I know for sure if I went to go see a client um, for my other company, the content company, if I went to go see a client in Florida and I brought my kids, and in fact, we have done that. We've all gone for lunch together. So I don't think you have to make any choices anymore. Like it's mm-hmm. not the way it was. It's not you separate, you know, one side of your life. It's I think because that's not real. No. Like I don't want to miss out on stuff with her. So I'd rather her come and hang out. And um, and this kid, she'll probably be working for me before long because she's uh entrepreneur herself but so the last question and hopefully have the most beautiful answer i know you will oh she's expectation <laughs> oh right sorry no expect <laughs> trade my expectation for appreciation okay beautiful um how do you get into your feminine energy <laughs> okay so a few things that's called radio silence I know. <laughs> well well i want to give an authentic answer so i really want to even though i knew the questions i want to still i want to be in the moment and give an authentic answer so aesthetically i put makeup on you know i don't i wasn't like the past year basically <laughs> like i'm doing it much less but for the, for the most part i was working in the business in the company and so i would just hair back get dressed and go uh, it's been brought to my attention that it might be <laughs> important to, and now I have beautiful pineapple smelling eyeshadow, which is oh, I'm nice to it. So anyway, um, I put on makeup every day. I, I, I got, she's the, stunning. So it's, Aww. yeah, she doesn't need the makeup. Nobody Shish. does, but 
She ex- <laughs> looks extra bougie when she does wear makeup, so it's cool. Thank you. Um, I put a vanity in my bedroom, a makeup vanity, where I sit and I, you know, I get girly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do my hair more. I wear it down more. But also, too, I'm very... I'm, I'm okay to let myself cry. I'm okay to let myself feel things. Be vulnerable. Be vulnerable when, when the time comes, mm-hmm. much more than I ever have in my whole life. I can attest to that. She cries a lot. <laughs> Just kidding. But it's the flowing of the energy. Yep. So those, I think those are the ways that I'm nice in my feminine mom. Very nice. Mama J. Um, but it's like, you know, all jokes aside, I think for me, vulnerability, doing this podcast is a massive exercise in vulnerability for me for sure. Um, And I think all of the ways that we neglect that feminine side or feminine energy side of us can be really dangerous, you know, like um, the thoughtfulness. And so for me, I just sort of dancing actually is one of the ways that I get into my feminine because that just, again, you talk about energy flow. That one is like huge for all women, all everybody. I think everyone should dance all the time (laughs) constantly. Um, But that would be one of the ways and like, you know, there's still more traditional ways like, taking a bubble bath and having chocolate and candles. Cause that, that's not, I wouldn't call that girly as much as I call that. That's being sensual. sensual. Right. Yeah, and yeah. that's a feminine energy trait. Um, and then the thoughtfulness when um, we recently put our dog down um, about two weeks ago now, I guess. And they give you little paw print, paw, paw print prints. So I put it in a frame and I'm going to give it to the kid's dad just so that he has that. And just the act of me being thoughtful about what his experience is through that makes me feel more in my feminine energy. Um, patience. That's a massive one. I went camping with my, with Melia a couple days ago and the fire took a bit to start and I had to really exercise <laughs> the trait of patience, but just slowing down and watching kind of the process of starting the fire. I've started a million fires, but just having to slow it down and exercise patience feels like I'm in flow when I'm doing that. Mm. So there's lots of ways to do it. I think it's just, again, bringing awareness to the fact that we're not probably doing it as often as we need to, to feel balanced and good and happy and all those things. So on that note, how do you feel? Really good. Good. Yes. That was great. I appreciate you very much. I appreciate you very much. Um, so that's it. Um, And this will be sort of the format for all of them going forward. We'll have these 10 questions and we'll ask, you know, and we'll just see where the conversation goes. And hopefully everybody that we talk to is going to be as authentic as Amanda was, because that's important. I don't, I'm not interested in talking to people and giving a version of what this is like. I want to, I want to know, I know how I feel and I know we women feel very similar in this. And I really want other entrepreneurial women to be like, okay, this is not just me feeling like this. So, yeah. That's that's it. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. <laughs>